So where are you, Dion? What's up? Let's all say hi to Dion. And uh, uh, you guys heard from him a little last week, but we're going to hear a little bit more today as we begin a new series uh, talking about mercy, justice, and love. And you are our justice pastor and uh, teacher here at the school. And, you know, justice with us is kind of from the the womb to the tomb and everything in between and and encompasses so much. But um, but there's a couple of reasons why I invited you to be here today, because we have a like a mission statement, right? That we're a diverse community of friends advancing the cause of Christ through justice, mercy, and love. We've all, if you've been around, you've heard that. Well, we are a diverse community of friends, you and I. Other than we look very much alike, we're almost like twins. We kind of don't have anything else in common. And uh, our background is so different. Our theological perspectives are so different. And we have had a lot of fun, like talking theology and how we came to some of the conclusions that we have. And if you guys can be a fly on the wall, you might be a little scared of some of the things that we argue about. No, discuss. We don't argue, we discuss, yeah. But... You grew up in a very interesting church setting. It's so different than the way I grew up. So why don't you share a little about how you grew up, because that has a lot to do with your theological beliefs, but also like your justice heart and, and absolutely, that. Yeah. Absolutely. So I grew up, uh, again, as I was saying last week, Church of God in Christ, well, which is a um, very holiness-based denomination. So um, a lot of times growing up, we were taught, is it holy? Is it acceptable? Is it, is it, is it giving glory to God? And so... With everything we did, that was kind of like our mindset. So that's how we grew up. Um, and just having that, that mindset was just normal for us, you yeah. know. Everything that, that happened in life aligned with that type of theology. And, and God's looking, watching, yes. be careful. I mean, right? And, oh, yeah. and all that. And that, that formed like your, you know, how you see God, how you see God working and, and stuff like that, right? I mean, Absolutely. it was a very formative years for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, was, I grew up in about the opposite of that. So you would say that you were a very structured upbringing. I had a disastrous upbringing. Stopped going to church when we were about five years old. My, my parents' relationship just began to go south. My mom ultimately had mental health issues. And part of my religious upbringing is very much kind of like how my mom would buy cereal. So like one week she'd come home with fruit loops and frosted flakes. Yeah. Then she'd feel guilty about that. So the next week she'd bring home the big shredded wheat, right? Which like bran on top. I'm not kidding. Oh, I feel bad. Then the next week it'd be like frosted flakes again. And that was our religious thing too. Like God and then just disaster, mental health hospitals, alcoholism. And I, it just like I, like where you sit there, I mean, you, you guys would pray and were serious about God moving, Absolutely. like serious about it. Yeah. 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 So when we growing up, uh, there weren't a lot of resources for, for the community that I grew up in. And if somebody needed something or if, uh, if there was a need for like healing or something like that, we just, we saw that in the Bible. We were like, they prayed. They believed God, they tarried, they fasted, and we did all those things, and we saw God move. We saw miracles happen. So. Yeah. Um, and we went to church every day, pretty much. You know, <laughs> anybody who grows up Church of God in Christ will tell you, Sunday we have, you know, Sunday school, uh, then we have the regular service, and then at the end um, of, the, of Sunday, we have what's called YPWW, which is Young People's Willing Workers. And even had a song for it, Willing Workers Are Needed. And so we would be like, oh Keep my gosh. Keep those kids busy, right? Yes, Keep those yes, kids busy. Absolutely. The only day that I remember having off, I tried to verify with my family this morning, 
and uh, my sister didn't remember, but I was like, what day did, didn't we just have Saturday off? And she couldn't remember, but I was like, that's pretty much the only day that we had at home. Yeah, so, so. so we never went to church. And when you, when you come from a background where you just feel like you saw God or you saw God do so many things, yeah. I can remember crying. My cries to God were just about what's going on with my family, why is this happening, and never feeling like I'm hearing or feeling anything, right? So we still have, like, that still affects me, the way I see. Like, you know, when you sit there and, man, something happens in someone's life and someone reaches out and touches someone's life. You're just like, look what God did. And I'm like, oh, well, look what that person did. So we, like your bridge between what you see and God is like so beautiful and it's so encouraging me. My bridge sometimes is really long, right? Like I go, well, God ultimately created the person, I guess, and they gave him, you know, and I got to walk through all that. But... But we always land on these similar hearts. It's so cool, our conversations. And the way you'll reach out to me and I'll reach out to you because we have a heart to take care of people and, and to take care of the needs of people. And, and we see people and our power in their lives. Like how did your upbringing like affect you in that way? Like with your family and it's a pretty fascinating story, you know? Yeah, uh, so there were times in life when my sister and I were, were sat down by our parents and, and our parents would say, look, this family is not gonna have enough food and they're not gonna be able to have gifts for Christmas or something like that. And we were like, why not? They were like, well, they don't have enough money. And so what we're asking is, instead of us having like turkey and, and another meat, can we just do a turkey and we share the other meat with the family? Mm. And, and, and so we were like, yeah, why don't you invite them over? And things like that. So my parents were like, what, invite them over? We were like, yeah. And so my sister and I, we shared gifts from like ages of six, seven, eight. We've been sharing gifts with family. So for us, it was just like, let's say the kid's name who was in need was Steve, right? And it was just like, my mom would, cause as she's handing out the gifts, she would go, Steve. And Steve would go, me? And she was like, yeah, you. And Steve would be like, he'd look at his parents. His parents were like, we don't know anything about it. And he'd look at us and we were like, come on, Steve, get your gift. <laughs> and Steve would be so shocked, so surprised, but so blessed. And that, stayed with my sister and I. And we, from the first time we did it, we literally, every year, we had somebody come over, some family stay with us, somebody, you know, and, and we gave like that. That's now, just, and you weren't from a, a well-off family in absolutely any way, shape, not. or form. No, 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 no. My father was in the military. Yeah. And so I like to say we grew up poor and we didn't know it hmm. because of the love yeah. and the fun that we had. But everything we did was home-based. As my mom she would explain things. Now, she was like, yeah, we didn't have money for that, so I did this. Like, y'all wanted to have a party, I made the stuff. Y'all yeah. did it, and I was like, oh my God, that's right. Yeah. So we had fun, we didn't know we were poor. Yeah, my parents got divorced when I was about in eighth grade, and my mom ended up moving to another state, and you know, my senior year, I decorated the tree by myself, you know, and I still remember those times. But at the same time, that, that, that influenced me. I, I know it might be hard to believe, but I became the class clown in my high school and, and kind of was obnoxious. I wasn't teacher's favorite, but I, but, too. Yeah, yeah, you too. But to me, it was like, I'm either going to cry when I come to school or, or I'm going to make people laugh. And I remember the conscious thing. No one asks you when you're happy, when you're happy and making people laugh and go, and no one's wondering what's going on in my family. But I did not want people at my home. I didn't want people to know what was going on or, or how our house was. And we had money. My dad was you know, a teacher and successful. We lived in a beautiful city. And it wasn't like financially, we didn't have any, I don't ever remember having any problems with that, but I felt poor, you know, it's kind of interesting, you know, in the sense of not being there, but that also made you like, how did that, I think mine made me, affected me. Like I cared for people because 
right when I became a Christian and started working in youth and stuff, I would notice kids automatically like that were like me. You could tell the kids and that you're talking to kids. I even had kids at times go, well, you probably can't relate to me. My mom's an alcoholic. And I go, are you kidding me? And those just became some of those close, close students to me that made a difference in my, that I realized how much my upbringing would, you know, when my mom, she's sober now and she's healthy. And it was like this long journey, literally like 10 or 15 years ago. And she spent so much time apologizing. I'm so sorry, so sorry. I go, mom, man, I'm a pastor. My sister's doing good. Like, you just gotta let this thing go. Like, you know, it, it made me the person I am. You know, and I think that has a big influence on like how I see the world around me. But you, at the same time, you started standing up for things you saw that didn't seem fair. Yes. And uh, it kind of started with your, well, maybe not started, but you have a sister, a s- story with your sister. Absolutely. And yeah, share that with us because this yeah. shows you a lot about yourself, which I right. love. And you're <clears> like so, eight or nine years old, 10, right, maybe something. Right, like eight, nine, 10. Growing up in a holiness based Pentecostal church, um, you know, when, when you start talking about holiness, then the conversations about whether or not children can wear pants or, 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 or whether they, could, they have to wear dresses. My sister had to wear dresses. And I remember feeling so like, I was like, wait, this is not right. <laughs> when she said, she was like, I hate riding my bike now. And I'm like, because we rode our bikes everywhere. And I'm like, why do you hate riding your bike? She was like, you know what? It's because I'm afraid that I'm going to fall and trip and flip on the bike. And I'm like, why would you be afraid about that? She was like, because I have to wear this dress, this stupid skirt or there's something, you know. And I'm like, just wear pants. She was like, I can't. The church said we can't. And so I'm like, the church? And so I started to understand. And as she said, she was like, Dion, all the rules are for the girls. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> then she was like, you can't wear this. And then I'm like, oh, my God. That's right. All the rules were for the girls. And I felt such injustice that I was like, well, we're going to go talk to the pastor about this. <laughs> and so we did. We talked to the pastor about it. We, we like, my parents were very like, if leadership says it, that's what we're going to follow. And, and, um, but they were like, but if there's something that you have an issue with, look in the scripture, find an argument and present it and go, hey, pastor, look. You know, we talk about pants and shorts and whatever it is, but this, 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 and we don't see how this is going to bother this and how this can even be associated with us being saved or anything like that. And our pastor was like, you're right. And I still remember riding in Junction City, Kansas, down that little road, um, and my parents go, you know what? Uh, we met with our pastor, and we met, we met with leadership, and now we're going to go ahead and allow Deanna to wear pants. Like, <laughs> I remember that conversation. Yeah. And I felt so, like, happy for my sister yeah. that now we'll be able to ride the bikes together. And then we'll be able to go to, like, you know, living free. And, and you've and not stopped doing that, man. You've I not stopped not. looking around and saying, hey, where is something that just doesn't seem right? And I'm going to stand up Absolutely. and I'm going to make a difference. And I've seen that in your life. I see that in your heart. You've, you've helped me see so many things. So thank you for that. Let's give Dion a hand. And just thank you for being open and sharing a little Absolutely. bit about, you know, we... Uh, we have a lot of fun together, I mean, when we talk. And he'll go like, you know, Steve, I, I think we got to get together. I want to hear more about this or more about that, as I kind of will say, I don't think I see it quite the same way, you know. But we have this common vision and we have this common heart uh, for people in need, people that are hurting. And we have two different backgrounds on how we got there. You know, and it's really, really cool. So anyone that's been around Rancho, right? And you've heard us talk, you've seen the t-shirts we wear. 
We are a diverse community of friends advancing the cause of Christ through mercy, justice, and love. And so we are starting a new series today called Mercy, Justice, and Love. And over the next few weeks, we're going to kind of look at some of these issues that, that we think are important to talk about and look at as a community. We're going to talk about the poor. We're going to talk about children and orphans. We'll talk about equality, like he was talking about with his sister. This isn't fair, you know. We'll talk about special needs and families that deal with that and how we come alongside them. We're going to look outside of the church wall, or not of the United States, right, to the world. And what, what does the Bible teach us about how we should look at the world? I think it's going to be a great, great month for us here. I think it'll be challenging, but we want to invite you. We want to invite you to be part of that. Because you see, this statement here isn't just what I think we are, which I think we do. I think we are a diverse community of friends. I love that. My, our staff is the most diverse staff I've ever been a part of in so many ways. But it's also something that we want to keep on the forefront of our thoughts is our vision moving forward. We want to become more like this, right? It's a constant journey. Life's a journey. You don't just land. You just keep moving forward. And it all begins with having a heart for people. It all begins with having a, part, a heart for people, specifically people in need. Because you know what? Almost everyone we come in contact with is a person in need. You know what? I'm going to change that. Everyone we come in contact with is a person in need. Everyone. I, I once heard a, psychiatrist, a psychologist once say, if you treat everyone as though they're hurting, you're going to be treating about 95% of the people in your life correctly. You'll treat about 95% of them correctly. I mean, we're great. In our culture, we're great at hiding that stuff, right? Like the video of the, of, of the gentleman through CMOH. I didn't want anyone to know how I lived. How did they find out with me at school wanting to make sure that no one thought of what's going on in my home or what's happening? I never wanted people to come to my house. I always wanted to go to their house. I didn't want to know. We are great at just hiding that. But everyone around us, man, we are around people in need. And over the next weeks, yeah, we're going to look at some of these big issues out there, issues where mercy, justice, and love is this needed focus. And we're going to be considering areas that the church has invested a lot of resources and kind of inviting you to participate, right? Inviting you to participate. But when push comes to shove, it, you know, it's not really just about programs. It's not about churchy duties you need to do. And it's not about just rules that you need to follow. It's so much more than that. Because the bottom line is that mercy, justice, and love is about people. It's about people. And sometimes I, could, I forget that, right? It's about people. And love, you know, mercy, justice, and love is about people because the very heart of God is about people. And that's what I want us to just consider and think about today. Yesterday, my wife and I were talking about this and a little statement came to mind. And I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but I, at one time I heard someone say, hey, make sure you don't love things and use people. You should love people and use things. And I was like, oh man, okay, I want to keep that in the forefront of my heart and mind, right? I want to make sure that's how I see it. And it's not easy in our culture to do that. Things, achievements, it's a big deal for us, right? It's a lot about our identity. And man, if anyone gets in my way, <laughs> you know, I'm just going through them. So it's hard. It can be hard in our culture to step back and look at that. 
But I want to bring up a verse and just consider it today. And it's one of the most famous verses, John 3.16. Anyone ever heard of John 3.16? Does anyone picture the guy with the red hat in the, in the end zone, you know, holding it up or on, you know, we have it on, you know, we put it everywhere. But I think there's a reason why, because I think it's one of the most powerful verses in the Bible that shows us the heart of God. Look at, for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And it goes on to say, because the world is already condemned, right? It's the, the anger, the violence, the hatred, the separation, the, all the stuff we see, that's the condemnation. That's what's already here. But God so loved the world. And I think this should remind us that Jesus became, came. Jesus became, came because there was a need. Jesus came because there's a deep need in every single human that has ever walked on this earth. And it's the need to be loved. That is something every one of us need, is the need to be loved. And I can't help but see this as one of the main realities of why God sent Jesus. It's right there in black and white, right? Jesus came because God so loves. And as followers of Jesus, Right? That, that should be the foundation of our lives, right? Of our, our mission, of what we want to be about, you know? We want to be about advancing the cause of Christ, which is that God so loves. I mean, and that can sound super simple, but how incredibly difficult it is, right? That is a tough one. Sometimes I just want to sit there and say, just give me some rules to follow, right? Just give me this rule. Yeah, okay, we'll get a little dove and cut its head off or whatever. Easy peasy, right? But don't make me love that person, <laughs> you know? It's like, just give me these things. This became like, yeah, so simple, but yet so difficult. Jesus said in John 15, 12, right? My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. That is the cause of Christ. That is the basis of our mission statement. Here's my command, right? This is it now. I'm showing you God loves. Now go love as he has loved you. So during this series, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about specific societal needs, things we see around us that are so prevalent, issues that need mercy, justice, and love. But today, I want to remind us of something, right? That it starts with those that are right next to us. It's about people. It starts with those in our home, in our neighborhood, in our communities, in our towns, in our schools, at our jobs. This is where this mission starts. It starts in your life right now with the people that are in it. Because guess what? People are in need all around us and deserve the opportunity to see and experience the love of God. People are in need all around us and they deserve the opportunity to see and experience the love of God. Now, there are so many reasons I get it why people are in need, you know? I mean, you see people in need and you know, oh, it's become some 
disastrous decision you made. You know, it's a behavior that has had an effect on your life now. Well, if you wouldn't have done this, then you wouldn't be facing this. I get it. There's people that are going through things that are in need because of people around them, right? How they were raised, the people that are around them, decisions other people have made have then affected them. I mean, and there could just be the reality of this cruel and uncertain life that just sometimes can just be brutal. (laughs) I mean, this week, I'm doing three funerals this week. And I want to tell you, every one of them are just, it's just so unfair. From a 35-year-old young lady that's because of COVID complications to a 52-year-old who's had a heart attack leaving four, four daughters. It's brittle. So whatever happens, the situation we're in, here's the bottom line for me. I've just come to a place where I just don't wanna focus on judging whether someone is deserving of love or not. I, I, just, I just don't think that that's what I wanna do anymore, to judge whether they deserve to be cared for or have concern about them or, or be supported because everyone is deserving of that. Everyone deserves to get the opportunity to see and experience the love of God. That's what makes the golden rule so golden, right? You guys know the golden rule? Matthew chapter seven, verse 12. So in everything, Jesus in his sermon on the Mount, his longest sermon he gives in the Bible, he gets to this and he kind of just narrows it down. So in everything, here's the deal, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up all the law and the prophets. (laughs) Do to others as you want them to do to you. I mean, I don't know another verse that challenges my thinking about like how I should love someone at any given situation, no matter how difficult it might be, no matter what they're going through. I don't know what to do. I do believe that this verse gives us at least a step in the right direction that I might not always know what loving people in need looks like, but I usually know what I could use when I'm in need. And so if I just take that now, yeah, there's been times I've approached it in that way and that's not what they need. Okay, I get it. But most of the time, most of the time, if I just sit and think like, what would I need in this situation and give them that? I mean, even even the idea when it comes to like behaviors that I do that are wrong, man, I know when I need a little bit of a kick from a friend, right? I know when I need a little like, hey, dude, like maybe you should change your attitude a little. But I also know that if I have a friend that's going to do that, he better put his arm around me as well. Because if I feel like they're just judging me, then I don't respond very well to that. Any of you like that? So, hey, I know that. I know when I need someone to come over and just not say anything. I know when I need someone to speak, I need some wisdom. I need someone that that, that shares me. No, I really want to hear what you think. I know when I just need someone to just sit and just be a no, I'm not alone, right? I mean, there's so many things. If this became something that we really stood, I mean, stopped and thought about, because the reality is, right, we've probably all experienced those times where we feel lost, those times that we feel in need, those times when we have to face the consequences of stupid decisions that we've made. We all suffer through difficulties of life. So guess what? We just might be more of what others need than we think. (laughs) We might be more of what others need than we think. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. 
People need you, right? People need me. We need each other. Carissa talked about this a month or so ago, you know, when we were starting groups. Because we're not just causes, right? We're not just policies that are being decided on and made. We're, we're not just like theological rules and regulations and mumbo jumbo out there. We're so much more than that. We're people. <laughs> you know, we're people. And people matter because they matter to God. Because God so loved the world and those people that he sent his son. So I understand those other things are important, but sometimes they just get in the way of me just moving forward towards the person in need, even though I don't know. And asking the question, what would I want? That's what I'm going to bring. What would I want? That's what I'm going to bring. And you'll find most of the time that's what they need. So as Paul said in Philippians, if you have any encouragement for being united with Christ, right? If you have any, if being united, being a Christian, a follower of Jesus, if you have any, any kind of, you know, encouragement with that, any comfort from his love, and if any fellowship with the Spirit, I mean, whatever your background is, you know, hey, Dion has this fellowship with the Spirit thing through music and the Pentecostal approach, you know. I, I don't have that as much, but I have like that, you know, fellowship with the Spirit through people. That's where I see it more in my life. Maybe you see it differently, but you have any fellowship in the spirit. If any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. And, and here you go again, right? So do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. And you get asked the question, how do you like those people in your life that all they do is go after selfish ambition and vain conceit? <laughs> right? So, you know, he's kind of taken the same reality that Jesus taught on the golden rule. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Whew. Consider others better than yourselves? That's pretty beautiful. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. That was God's heart. For God so loved the world that he gave. And Philippians 2 goes on to say that Jesus became a man, humbled himself to the point of obedience, even to death on the cross. He came to serve, not to be served. He came to show that God so loves. And it's the same attitude we're being called to here. So yeah, we at Rancho, we're a diverse community of friends, right? Wanting to advance the cause of Christ through mercy, justice, and love. Friends with different backgrounds and different political views, right? Friends with different theological views from different cultures, different experiences, different economic positions, different genders, races, nationalities. But in Christ, we are one body that have this common focus so instead of focusing on our divisions, which seems to be something that we like to do lately, right? Instead of focusing on the division, right? We can focus on our call together to do nothing out of selfish ambition and vain conceit, but in humility, we can consider others better than ourselves. Like we can encourage each other towards that. We can together not only look to our own interests, but look to the interest of others. We can encourage each other to treat everyone the way that we want to be treated. That's what we can do. And you know what? And based on what we're talking about today, we together can have the heart for people in need, recognizing that we're all in need, especially the need to know and experience the love of God.
What a vision, you know, what a mission. What a thing that we could be about together, focusing on the love of God and bringing that to the world around us. What a privilege to know that we're loved by God. For you that are Christians here today that know because of Christ that you are loved by God, that is such a beautiful privilege. That is something that should empower us, empower us to show that love to everyone always, to move towards those in need. Because we can believe that as I've experienced, so can they. Through the way that I can walk with them, through the way that I can journey with them. You know, the bottom line you see in Galatians chapter five, verse six, for in Christ Jesus, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Oh, I hope over this next month, we are gonna get a heart, like more and more of a heart. I know every time we go through this stuff, it just gets me. First is the heart for those in need, which is everyone. And then we're gonna take a look at just some really powerful things that are going on around us that we're already a part of and that we can participate as a community and make a difference in this world, furthering and advancing the cause of Christ. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for um, just putting on display that you so love the world. We believe Jesus came, that he lived in this world, that he died on that cross, that he rose conquering sin and death, showing that you love, that you forgive, that there is hope and life in you. Man, as we receive that love, as we see and experience that love through Christ, may we recognize how beautiful it is now that we can look at others in need and know that when we go with them, we're going with them with that in mind to help them see and experience the love of God. For when we love each other, it says, the God that is not seen is seen. What a beautiful picture. May that just get us today. And if we don't know what to do, may we just think through that idea, like what is it that we need? And may we bring that to others. That your kingdom would come and your will would be done here on earth, advancing this, this kingdom that is based on like righteousness and joy in the spirit. That kingdom may just continue to advance in and through our lives and in and through this church. For your glory and honor in Jesus' name, amen. amen.